press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, Ooh drama. drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life. I'm Connor McDowell. And I'm Dylan McDowell. And we have our Tony nominees. Oh my God. It's always funny because we talk about it for, well, approximately 11 months. You know, we talk about what's going to be next year, sometimes even sooner. We're like, oh, this person's definitely going to be nominated. But the day has come. Listeners, you're probably hearing this on Wednesday, May 3rd. And we're recording this the night before, Tuesday, May 2nd. So, God, it hasn't been 12 hours yet, but it feels like it's been a very long day, especially for you. Especially for me and working in an ad agency that is working on these shows. Me and all my colleagues have been talking about the Tonys since like eight this morning. So and yes, I'm going to Nancy Pelosi clap for you. Oh, on a big day. You guys had so many heavy hitting nominees today. Can you believe? I'm so, so excited. I don't know if we could say the name of the company, but it's your We can't. Oh my God. Stop. Okay, I'm not okay, doxing yeah, yeah. me. I've been, you're hilarious. I love that you're trying to like help me maintain anonymity. I but know. To, to that point, we really do, at least on these main podcast episodes where it's just us chatting, we don't really, we don't say much about our, you know, personal day to day experiences. Like you have a day job. I have a day, I have job. A day job that I probably never have mentioned on the podcast once. <laughs> We used to talk more about our personal lives, the nitty gritty of it in the early, early days of the podcast. Cause I think we thought we needed to introduce the viewer, or not the viewers, the listeners to us in that certain way. But I think that we're able to teach them about us through other things in each podcast episode that isn't necessarily the what do you do every day, but who you are as a person type things. 100%. You know, it's so funny because like I'll listen to other theater podcasts and I mean, if you're doing a theater podcast, you're definitely a nerd. <laughs> like, there's no <laughs> right, right, way right. around. Like, we proudly being a, a theater nerd, but or I as always... one of our former guests called us fans, <laughs> <laughs> which in the moment felt like an insult. It, it felt like being shoved into a locker, <laughs> head in the toilet, given a swirly. <laughs> but in reality. That's what we are. We're huge fans of theater. We Dylan, love it. The way I can't remember who you're referring to, but my mind is reeling because I have like a Rolodex of options appearing in my head. I'll put it in the chat. I'm losing my mind. We are fans, but they obviously thought we were... Oh, God. <laughs> I can't decide if I want to keep this in on the episode or not. No, yeah, it's funny. It's funny. It is funny. so funny. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, we're press, we're fans, we're small business owners, you know, all these things. Absolutely. But- and we work in the industry. Like, that's like the biggest thing, too. I mean, you have such a, a present role in the industry. I used to have more of a present role, but I'm st- I still work on Broadway-affiliated things every single day. But when I tell you, Miss Mama, I was gagged. When I went to 54 Below on Sunday night for a show by new friends of the pod, Ethan and Garrett... And their show, Gala Moan's A Tropical Smoothie, that they kindly invited me and you to. I'm so jealous. It looked absolutely amazing. And I brought dear friend of the pod, Kyle. But I sat down at my little table at 54, which I haven't been to since Rohar Tramp's show last August. Now, I used to be there weekly with you. 
I mean, you I, were in a way the first lady of the marketing department. No, well, I don't know about that. I felt like I was like, if we're being British with it, you were like Kate and I was Pippa. Oh, fun. Okay, I understand where you're going. Do you going see where I'm this. going? Like, who's not? I don't want to be Kate, but I understand for, for purposes of the story, of the story why I would be. I why I yeah, would be. Mm-hmm. like you know what I mean. Like, I can't think of another political or royal example. Oh, I, like you were Queen Elizabeth and I was Princess Margaret. We'll go with that. One. Let's go with that. But are mm-hmm. we like Olivia and Helena? Are we? Claire Foy and Vanessa Kirby. Thank you. I don't know why these names escape me for a second. But well, we're certainly not <laughs> the final. Leslie season. Manville and Leslie Manville. although I want to be Leslie Manville, she's a icon. Anyway, we're really going off the rails here. But when I sat, I used to be a football all the time. Now I'm doxing you for like bringing me in free of charge. Oh well, the per- you know the perks we get in this industry. No one loves. To- no one talks about it as publicly as they should. But a lot of people get to go to things for free all the time, honestly. But also a lot of people yeah. pay premium prices and go to things. Um, yeah, and out of their own pocket. So it's a good mix. And neat way, I sat down at my table, and you'll never guess. Someone comes up to me. And they go, Dylan. Oh my God, you didn't tell me that. And I go, no, I'm not. And he goes, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I just, you look like somebody that, he goes, never mind. And I go, wait, I mean, my twin brother's name is Dylan. I said, it just took me off guard because first of all, it's a head trip being here. And also I haven't been recognized or confused for Dylan in forever. You know, I haven't lived here in forever. And you know what I mean? So he goes, oh my God, well, he was my, he goes, he was my consultant or marketing person on a show I did here. I'm randomly maintaining his anonymity, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it could have been anyone. I mean, I worked on hundreds of shows when I was there. That's what I said. I was like, Dylan and his counterpart, Adrian literally split the shows down the middle and you interacted with one of them for the literal, like hundreds of shows that happen here every month, basically. So crazy, 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 a lot of handholding. But what are the chances that like, I haven't been there since August. And even then it was like, I hadn't been in forever. And I sit down and I used to walk in and everyone knew me as your brother, but this time they're like, it's you. So of course it was yeah. too perfect. Uh, that warms my heart. Such a special time in both of our lives. But the point of being like, we do work in the industry. And so we talk about the Tonys all year long and we are fans and staff and press and etc. And now we know who has been nominated for a Tony award. This year, the 76th, as they kindly told us this morning, <laughs> you know, that was a in moment. In a cursed way, they told us it was the, in, in some ways, it was the only time that 1976 was mentioned during the entire <laughs> nominations. I think what we should do is break down some of our initial reactions. And then also, we also had reached out to the drama community, just people on Instagram, to see what they're thinking after these nominations. Um, all in all, one of my favorite days of the year, every year. Honestly, almost as much fun to me as the actual ceremony date, which is happening June 11th. So for this next month, we're going to play the game of the campaigns and how everything is going to be. But today is all about celebrating the nominees and also recognizing maybe those that were left off. There were so many new musicals, plays, revivals this season. Of course, as we talked about on a recent episode, the awards aren't everything, but they certainly are something. And it's it's something that we need to acknowledge, like, it can break hearts when you don't get nominated. And a lot of people feel like they worked their whole career for something like this. It's an emotional thing. 
Listen, I'm not even eligible for a Tony in any way, and I've still worked my whole career for this. I still... Right, right. It's like like a dream of almost everyone in the theater business to want to be nominated in some capacity or be recognized in this way. So I say that because this is obviously huge, but it's not... The Tonys aren't everything at the end of the day. It's just really fun, and it's a really awesome way to let the world in to see all the great work that's happening on Broadway. I totally hear you. From a sales perspective, they can help keep a show alive for longer though you know they oh definitely but also not i mean look like shows like come from away that didn't win a ton of tonys wicked that didn't win a ton of tonys random my two ref my two um reference points are like have had very different lifespans right but but just the two things i thought of that like didn't completely clean up but had healthy lives and continued to live out on tour and stuff like that so yeah very exciting. So, all right. Miles Frost and Leah Michelle welcomed us into the 76th season. Wait, 76 Tony Awards here. Yes. <laughs> and what were you thinking? What did you think? Miles Frost is so cute. I haven't seen much of him since last year's Tonys. No, I think that he was great. Him and Leah, <laughs> I've never met before. <laughs> they did, you know, clearly get to know each other a little bit because, you know, the, there was a fun repartee at the end. And, I love Leah's hair. I don't know if this is what she's been rocking since prior to the Met Gala or if she got the haircut for the Met Gala, but she honestly looked incredible. She did. It was giving Barbara and Funny Girl. (laughs) She's the toast of the town. I mean, she certainly has made such an impact, which is so wild to think. This comeback has been a year in the making. It was this time last year that the Spring Awakening documentary came out and then she appeared on the Tony Awards. And then that same week, there was conversations about her going into Funny Girl. Yeah. So it is crazy to think all of that has happened over the last year. And she's still in the show. <laughs> it's crazy. So, I know. I know. I, I promised our followers on Twitter that we would talk about the Leah Michelle of it all. I think it's safe to say that she's debunked the rumors at this point that she can't read. She, right. She debunked those rumors. Now, as we we spoke about with our dear friend Poot, we don't know if she's changed her ways. We don't know right. if, but I, I don't. I don't know. So I'll we'll just mm-hmm. take it for what it is. It actually bothers me when whenever there's like Leah Michelle chatter on like t- TikTok or whatever, and the fans, understandably so, go on these tirades, tirades about like what they think she's like or who she is as a person. And at the end of the day, y'all, we don't know. I don't know. Everyone has a story about everyone if in some way. And if these walls could talk. Mm -hmm. Like people probably have stories about the nicest people, you know, but I'm not not justifying any of the things that she's done or said. I'm just saying that she's part of the community. She clearly is is beloved by one of the golden boys of the community, Jonathan Groff. So that that is what it is. And I think she's on the trajectory now. It's going to be soon that her name is going to be announced as a nominee in some capacity at some point. I have a feeling... After she finishes her year on Broadway, things are going to be in the works. I don't know what, but I see it coming. But anyway. Well, they're, they're allegedly filming this funny girl. I don't know what they're going to do with it. but Yeah. And then we got the nominations. We, of course, started out with all the leading categories. And I'm absolutely thrilled with us getting six in best leading That means there was a tie, right? You would probably know better than me. I was, not, I was only expecting five. Well, because it's a rank. In my understanding is like you rank your choices, but I think that's why there's usually a set number. And then if there's one more, you know what I mean? Wasn't there like a list released of how many to be to expect for each? I think you're right. But I think for me, the biggest surprises were that we got two from Some Like It Hot 
And Christian Borle, in my opinion, was somebody who wasn't on a lot of people's lists. I did not expect Christian Borle, did not expect Brian Darcy James. Into the Woods was just much, was much loved. I mean, as it's documented on this podcast, but I wasn't expecting Brian, especially. For all accounts and purposes, friend of the pod, Jason Forbach, opened that show. (laughs) You know, and he was was the baker. Jason, we love you. Why weren't you nominated? I know. And they made a special rule to allow Brian to be nominated, despite not being there opening night due to COVID. Very interesting. He has goodwill in the community otherwise. I mean, his performance in Shrek, I think, is something that a lot of people really love. He's been in so many different oh my things God. over the The Ferryman. So. Remember he replaced in that? Okay, so I just want to tell the listeners, on our Patreon, we've been going through some of these major acting categories and predicting who we thought was going to get nominated. And so we predicted Jay Harrison G., Josh Groban, Ben Platt, Colton Ryan, and Will Swenson. Now, obviously, we got four of the five we predicted, which mm-hmm. is pretty good because we weren't expecting six. And you made a great case for why Will Swenson would have been nominated because, right. like you said, biomusical acting performances tend to be nominated and even win. Yeah, this will be the first year in, I want to say the last three or four years that we haven't gotten a winner from a biomusical. We obviously had Miles Frost last year. The year before we had Adrian Warren for Tina. And then the year before that was Stephanie J. Block in Cher. Crazy. With with all of that, we did get Colton Ryan, who you and I obviously love. He's been on the podcast twice. Kind of fun that he was Ben Platt's standby or understudy in Dear Evan Hansen and that, and back in 2017. And now they're nominated. That's crazy. Each other. Wait, it's so funny because as an ad agency, we watch all the awards. And when a, a client that the agency works on is nominated, everyone cheers and claps. And when they read Colton's name, I went, yes! And everyone looks over at me and I was like, it just came out of me, Dylan. I was so surpri- surprised. Maybe it's because he was like last, you know, on the list. I was not expecting six in general, but I was I like know. so happy. Colton is the sweetest, most genuine guy. So talented. Haven't seen him in New York, New York yet, but we did predict right. him for a nomination. So I know I'm really happy for him. I love this feels like that, that newcomer slot in a way. Granted, he's been on Broadway twice before, but this is just really, really thrilling. Jay Harrison G to me is maybe the most exciting nomination. It's really, really cool to see them nominated in this category. And then of course you got Ben Platt who has won before and everyone is saying is giving just an absolutely gut-wrenching performance. As he does, leave it all on the floor. Mm -hmm. Or allegedly in this one, not leave the stage during intermission. Right. Spoiler for (laughs) prey. I know. And you know, on the topic of like Leah Michelle and the way people have public perceptions of things, Ben Platt is someone who was much loved in Dear Evan Hansen and then went off and did the film and public perception certainly changed about him and that project in general. Yeah. So this has felt like a tame redemption tour in a way for him. Yeah. I don't know if, if he's doing it intentionally or not, but I feel like he's earned back some of the, uh, street cred that people were like kind of annoyed with him for a while. Now they're like, Oh no, we're going to see Ben Platt and pray. Right. You know what I mean? right, right. I love it. You know, so I love a comeback story too. I'm not going to be in the predictions game of winning yet or winners yet. Maybe that'll come closer to the actual awards, but all in all, an amazing list of six. And then we have best leading actresses too, which is, I feel like this category was, there were like three or four locks that everyone I was talking to was like, Oh, we know Annalie Ashford's getting in. We know Vicky Clark's getting in. We probably sure that Michaela Diamond's getting in. Mm -hmm. And I was certain about Sarah Bareilles, but a lot of people I talked to weren't sure. But sure enough, we got Sarah Bareilles. You were so certain of Sarah. It was incredible. You were also very certain of Philippa Sue, which I'm very sad we didn't see today. Um, The other kind of maybes were going to be Lorna Courtney and Anna Uzel, or is it 
Uzeli. We're recording with her in the next week. Um, we'll make sure we get the proper pronunciation for her name at that point. Period. Yeah. But I have to say, I'm pretty excited to see Lorna Courtney on there. I thought she absolutely slayed in Juliet. That was another one where I'm like, I, I don't work on Anne Juliet, but one of my favorite new musicals in the last few years. Totally. And she is amazing. There were so many Black women who were up for this award. And there was a minute there where I, I didn't know if it would work out. And that would have been a damn shame because, yeah. I mean... Even performances that I didn't feel like should have been nominated and weren't. If we want to have a list of nominees that are representative of not only the population, but also of what's actually happening on Broadway, it would have been an absolute mistake to not include anybody of color on this list. Thankfully, we have Lorna, but we could have had Anna. We could have had Adriana Hicks. We could have had Luna. Linady from Bad Cinderella. There was like a lot of different options. And then obviously Philippa. I know. What if we show up Tony Day and Anne Juliet sweeps like they did the Olivier's? Yeah. You know? That, that's interesting to see. I mean, I'm, I'm just surprised by how many nominations they got in a good way. But, in a um, good way, I was surprised. In a good way, for sure. Well, when I saw Lorna's nomination, I immediately, I thought, it's going to be a good day for Anne Juliet. But we'll get to that in a second. I just want to say really quick, I am sad for Philippa Sue. I feel like she has really come through as this crown jewel of Broadway, obviously ever since Hamilton, but she's been in so many Broadway shows over the last eight years. She has one of my favorite voices on the stage. I've not seen her in Camelot yet, but the voice is just beyond extraordinary. I've heard that she is the toast of the town, like Leah was earlier, but Philippa on the stage in Camelot is just sublime. And I'm sad that she missed in both. I wonder if it was one of those situations where people ranked her in both or wanted her in one or the other, and they both just didn't quite make it to the top. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how these nominators think. So it's tough, but I'm sad for her because she's such a star and we need Philippa Sue on the Broadway stage. She's one of those people who, you know, like when you and I were growing up, we had our Adinas and our Kristens and Kelly O'Hara's. I feel like Philip is in that new wave of those ladies alongside, you know, Annalie. And I think Michaela Diamond is now part of that list as well. Well, well, maybe Sarah Brellis. I mean, we've got Waitress. Now we've got a Baker's totally. or Revival. Um, how stoked are you about Annalie? Come I mean, on. It is, the, it is like uh, something I knew that was going to happen. But seeing her name called first for her return to Broadway, you know, first time since Sunday in the Park. What a way to come back. You know, it's I have no secret Which about... should have been a nominated performance, by the way. Should have been a nominated performance. Tony nominated, mm-hmm. at least. Yeah. It's no secret that I work with Anna Lee Ashford, and so she's a dear friend of the pod as well. And I think... I mean, she's obviously who I'm rooting for to win this category, and I cannot wait to see her in Sweeney, which I've heard it's just a sublime performance as Mrs. Lovett. Oh, I knew she would eat. And when I tell y'all... I mean, you can probably tell this through the the press that she's done... Doing this and honoring Angela Lansbury means the absolute world to her. Ugh. She's one of those good girls who who really pays homage, you know, to the greats, which I always have to respect. I love that. I love that, love that, love that. And of course, Victoria Clark, absolutely amazing in Kimberly Akimbo. Oh, as Kimberly Akimbo. And I, I'm excited to see Michaela in Breaks. I've heard she's great. We now have two um, two of the shares. You know, who have been nominated for Best Actress. Teal Wicks' project is off to come over the next couple of years. Come on, Teal. <laughs> All right. So in the featured musical categories, let's just go through these quickly, just to see if you have any, like, immediate reactions. But for Best Featured Actor in a Musical, we've got Kevin Cahoon for Shocked, Justin Cooley for Akimbo, Kevin Dal Aguila for Some Like It Hot, Jordan Donica for Learner and Lowe's Camelot, and Alex Newell in Shocked. 
what a fun category. It's my favorite category, like at the Oscars, at this. It always says, I just think these performances have the chance to really choose scenery and be fun and comedic. We have both heavens in here, which I think is amazing. I was very excited to see that. Justin Cooley, another one of those like Broadway debut, absolutely incredible, memorable roles. And um, overdue for Alex Newell and then Jordan Donica, who we love as well as a friend of the pod. This one, so there exciting. were some snubs, which I think we'll get into snubs after this. Which is your favorite of these nominations here? You know, it's it's funny because looking at the list, I'm like, I love all of them. Well, I haven't seen Jordan yet, but Alex Newell is so memorable and has the best song in Shucked and really delivers. I mean, when I'm looking at this list of iconic performances, I'm like, Alex Newell and Shucked is fantastic. But Kevin Cahoon is so funny and Shucked. Are they, do they like, play opposite each other? No, okay. they don't. So I'm so glad that we're getting a little mix in here. You know, we've got like the comedy with both Kevins and Alex giving a diva performance, Justin giving this debut performance. And I don't know what Jordan gives in Camelot yet, other than obviously he has the dreamiest voice and he is just dreamy. Mm-hmm. So what about you? What's your fave of the bunch? Who, 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 who's standing out to you today? I was most excited to see the two Kevins in there. Cause I love, I've mentioned this before. I love like when someone who's really been putting in the time over the years gets in, but for me, Justin Cooley, I'm, I just absolutely Ugh, was adore. mesmerized by him. And if you just go see Kimberly and just you watch him throughout the show, he is so in his character. It's it's an absurd. He has a big career. You know, it's funny. A, a, a musical hasn't been in the booth since Next to Normal, where Alice Ripley won her Tony and a young nominee was nominated alongside her, Jen Damiano. I'm seeing some parallels here with Justin being this young nominee. I mean, he's also, is he a teenager or is he out of college? He's 19. Yeah. It's, it's, I think Jen was 17. So it's, it's really interesting to see history sort of repeat itself with uh, small musicals at the booth. Oh, love. And then in featured actress, which Jen Damiano was famously nominated in. Um, talk, about a, right? talk, talk about a stellar performance. Oh. Jen Damiano next to normal. <laughs> Not this is, this, the, is this my stand up here? On the 2009 like, Tonys. <laughs> But Julia Lester, friend of the pod, Julia Lester for Into the Woods, Ruthie Ann Miles, Bonnie Milligan, Kimberly Kimbo, friend of the pod, Natasha Vett Williams, Some Like It Hot, and Betsy Wolf and Juliet. And again, Natasha and Betsy, two longtime women who have been putting in the hard yards. And then we have some debuts getting recognized. Julia uh, Lester. So I'm gagged. Yeah. Julia, who only played the role for three months on Broadway, and she was that memorable to people. That is, to me, so, so iconic. There's obviously the front runner Bonnie Milligan, who should have gotten a nomination for Head Over Heels. And now here she is with one of the most unique performances as this aunt character. And... Well, because she comes in like a wrecking ball, mm-hmm. but her performance is so measured. Yeah. And she's not... Like she's hilarious and she's delivering this like the lines in this way that is beyond, but it is such a controlled performance. She she bodied that. We predicted Melanie and Ali Mozzie on this list, and Ruthie was our spoiler. We predicted six for this category. Oh. So Natasha, when I went back to see Some Like It Hot a few, like a month ago, she stood out to me like the shining star that she is. She just knocks your socks off. Yeah, I mean, she opens the show. She Closes the first act. She's everything. Are we being too, like, ravey about these, like, 
cool. This is exciting. This is us celebrating. You know, we, we're not haters by any means. I've seen some yeah, hate no. online today. You did? Yes. And it's just. Oh, you said I've said some no, hate. I was I've like, seen Dylan, some what came over I've you? I've seen some hate. And I'm just like, are you serious? Like, this is supposed to be a celebration, you know? And I will say I'm disappointed. There were some major omissions. And we'll get into snubs in the next section. But we're just reacting to the nominations as they yeah, are. For sure. I have to say, of this bunch, I can't pick a favorite. But I remember leaving Anne Juliet and thinking, this is the best Betsy Wolf has ever been on a Broadway stage. Yeah. Her comedic timing and the way she delivers those lines, her vocals, when you could hear them over the drunk people screaming around us, but her vocals, she was born to play Anne Hathaway. When we heard that she was announced as the role, it just made sense that she was in that, in that part. And the way that she plays opposite Stark and, and, and all of these performances really can't be, you know, they don't stand on their own. Most of them play opposite other people. And so it's always sad to me. I completely understand what you mean. Like Betsy couldn't give her Anne without Stark being this steadfast Shakespeare. I feel the same way about Julia Lester giving her performance without Gavin Creel being nominated. Like that's tough for me because they were so perfect together. I mean, and then to your point, it's like, okay, we've got JG and then Kevin Delagila is nominated. Stuff like that where it like, thank goodness. Are there any of the best play or revival of a play categories that you want to talk about before we jump into what the feedback was from some of our listeners? I just want to say one thing, and that's, oh, Jessica's joining us. <laughs> Based on, you know what I mean? Yes. I'm, I'm a little shocked that Linny did not also get in for summer 1976. Yeah. I'm a little sad. And also Sharon D. Clark didn't get in either. That was going to be featured. But yes, I, I agree. It was? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, you have the the perennial Audra nomination, which, unreal. If she won, I would not actually be mad. She took it. Yeah. That was beyond. I mean, we were wrapped around her every move on that stage during Ohio State murders, which hit close to home, of course, Ohio State, you know, talking about Columbus and the Oval and Now I do think this is the showdown between Jessica Chastain and Jody Comer. I have yet to see Jody, however, Jessica being nominated a year after her Oscar win is so exciting and she is committed in a doll's house. So I'm excited about that. I was sad to see no Laura Linney as well, but I think it's it's great to see Jessica getting Jessica Hecht getting a nomination when Laura has been nominated point, a lot. Well, to your point earlier about like counterparts, not necessarily. I don't know if they all, a counterpart always needs to be nominated, but it's always a little odd when it's like a two hander like this, and they're both giving, in my opinion, equally great performances, even if the roles aren't equally as memorable or divvied up in the way that an audience might receive them. Do you understand what I'm saying by that? Totally. Linny had almost the trickier role in summer 1976 because she's a little more cool and a little less emotionally open in the way that Jessica Hecht's very endearing and a little funnier in in the way that's more friendly. More warm. But more warm. But Laura Linney was just as good. I'm I'm actually sad that she's not she's not nominated as we're talking about it. Well then we had the best actors, which I mean, what a year for male roles in the theater. And I loved seeing that both Corey and Yaya were nominated for Top Dog, Underdog. Yes. Um, I think a lot of people maybe thought it was only going to be Corey, 
But Yaya getting in there. Is that what you had felt the temperature was as well? 100%. I just feel like... I preferred Yaya. On the I show. preferred Yaya in the show. See, it's funny. I've had revisionist history on this because when I saw the show, I was like, oh my God, Corey is giving such a, a big stage performance. It's incredible. And Yaya's a little more subtle, maybe a little too cool for this role. Not that he was playing it that way, but just that I was having trouble like... As the younger brother who just, you know, was trying to catch a break and... Yeah, and for some reason, like, I I look at Yaya, and he's one of the most gorgeous men ever, and I'm watching him play this role on stage of this hustler, this guy who can't catch a break. He's, and I was having trouble at times in my own brain being like, oh my God, he's too gorgeous. He is too smart. Like, how has he not figured his shit out? But looking back on it, I feel like he was giving, honestly, a much more subtle take on the role. And I think because when I was thinking about him and Corey together, it, they just, they are such different kinds of actors that I think it was honestly the perfect balance for this. Who's the top dog. Who's the underdog vibe. And when he was the first name called, I mean, I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Gagged. No, I love that analysis. I absolutely, I loved that play. I'm so glad you saw mm-hmm. it. I know we were like, you could uh, trying to squeeze it in for you, mm-hmm. but I'm so glad. Yeah. And you know, then we have Stephen McKinley Henderson, who, has been giving amazing performances his entire career. He was obviously in the Fences movie. He was in Lady Bird. And then, you know, Wendell Pierce, also a favorite of mine from The Wire. Um, he's in there for a double ah! salesman. <laughs> and I think that when the season was announced and this was coming in, I feel like he was the front runner for a lot of people. But everyone's saying it's Sean Hayes. I love Sean Hayes. I'm such a Will and Grace fan. Apparently he's incredible in this play. Sean Hayes... Come on, drama, anytime you want. You, we would have so much fun together. <laughs> we just, we need you on drama. I feel like the three of us would kiki till the cows come mm. home. And then, God, I'm, I love Broadway. Yes, I love the theater. Yes. I love seeing shows. It's, I'm being such a nerd today, but it's the nerdiest day other than the actual Tonys. But what a day. What a day, yeah. Dylan. And then as far as the featured actor performances, we have Jordan E. Cooper from Ain't No Mo, Samuel L. Jackson from The Piano Lesson. Arian Moyad from A Doll's House, Brittany Renowitz from Leopoldstadt, and then David Zayas from Cost of Living. And um, I love that Samuel L. Jackson's in there. I love that Jordan E. Cooper is in there. And then, I know, uh, believe it or not, I haven't seen all of these, which is random, but there's so many plays at any given moment. So mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to like be able to go, but I feel like A Doll's House, he was great. Mm-hmm. If, if Samuel L. Jackson doesn't have one yet, though, I want him to win the Tony. Ooh, interesting. Wait, isn't Jordan E. Cooper also the writer of Ain't No Mo? Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun that he was nominated for the acting part of it. Yes. I that show that. deserved so much more than a short, troubled run. With, Sad. Yeah. And then everyone was trying to save it, and then they sort of just gave up on saving it after it got like a week, and then... Yeah. And then, <laughs> you know, hilarious. The actresses we had Nikki Crawford from Fat Ham, Crystal Lucas Perry from Ain't No Mo, Miriam Silverman from The Sign of Sydney Brewstein's Window, and Katie Sullivan and Carrie Young from The Cost of Living. Wow. Um, which is also very exciting. I, I had heard that people were feeling that Crystal Lucas Perry would get in. I also read today that Miriam Silverman is a professor and is still teaching amidst being in this play. So kind of and she's my winner. I always love that. That's like the Ann Dowd type storyline. Yeah. What was interesting about these, all the um, previous Pulitzer winners were nominated then this season. Between Riverside and Crazy, Cost of Living, and uh, Top Dog, Underdog. Wow. Yes. In 
And we still got some new work, like Fat Ham and Ain't No Mo, you call which is me? also cool. <laughs> now, the, the actress from Fat Ham who was nominated, Nikki Crawford, she's fantastic. Amazing. She's she's great. So we, like I said, we reached out to our Instagram followers and, and listeners and thought to see what their takes were on these nominations. And one of the biggest glaring omissions was Life of Pi not getting nominated for Best Play. And so that was one of those cases where one of the Pulitzers did instead. And um, also the beautiful noise got nothing. But yeah, also that is shocking that it didn't get in for Best Play. And I had also, people said that um, Hiran, who was the lead or didn't get in for Best Actor in a play for Life of Pi. So that's kind of a bummer. A West End show that did incredibly well over there, won the Olivier and then just sort of belly flopped here. Interesting. Now, Dylan, you sent me a list of all the shows that were snubbed today and I was a little shook. So many shows didn't get any nominations. A Beautiful Noise, 1776, Bad Cinderella. That, that's crazy. I mean, the Thanksgiving not, play. It makes you wonder, like, in a season that is less crowded, what would have gotten one of those, you know, random technical or acting awards? But I mean, I look at these lists of snubs and I'm like, yeah, I'd love to slot these people in, but who would I take out in some cases, you know? Because, mm-hmm. like, there's just too many great people. I know. There's too many great people. I mean, my big snub was Gavin Creel and Into the Woods. I saw that performance last summer twice or three times. I forget how many times I saw him. And <laughs> he was so great. He was hilarious. That's not a role you would honestly usually, I think, think of as like, oh, my God, award the wolf and the prince. But he had more fun than he's ever had in his entire life on that stage. And with every single one of his scene partners, whether it be Sarah, whether it be Julia Lester, whether it be Joshua Henry, he was so good. Peppa at the end, you know, he really, (laughs) I don't know. I'm sad for Gavin because also he usually gets nominated when he does a Broadway show. That's especially a a revival. He's usually nominated in the featured category. So yeah, I agree. So from that category in general, I also heard that Alex Joseph Grayson was almost a lock for that for parade. So those featured categories, we already talked about Will Swenson, Philip Sue, and Anna all not getting nominated as well from um, their respective categories. But um, other listeners wrote in to say who they were. Katie wrote in saying that she was disappointed that Will Swenson didn't get in. I agree. I feel like he's due for a Tony as well. And then uh, Brandon was also shocked that Philip Sue didn't get in for either Camelot or Cinderella for Into the Woods, which would have been her featured category. I know. I- I'm actually upset because she is fantastic. Mm-hmm. We haven't really talked about directors or anything, but Angie was very excited that Michael Arden was nominated for Best Director. And so was Leah Michelle. So was Leah Michelle. She had a little twinkle Mm -hmm. in her eye. So, you know, we could see Michael Arden winning. It's an interesting category. We also didn't see Tommy Kale nominated for Sweeney. So this could be this could be Michael's year. It could be Lear for Into the Woods. We'll, we'll see as it comes in. Could be Jess um, Stone for Kimberly Akimbo. Could be Jess Stone, yeah. Meg, our dear friend, was also surprised that the lead in Fat Ham wasn't nominated and was surprised that uh, New York, New York didn't get in for best score, which was, you know, sort of that reworked score of Candor and Ebb with Lynn Manuel's hand on it, too. Marcel Spears plays the lead in Fat Ham. Okay, yeah. He's so good. We We love you. And uh, Meg also was thrilled that Jason Howland got in for orchestrations after the Nightmare Paradise Square. <laughs> Absolutely agree. Everyone said he was the saving grace of the team there at Paradise Square. Really quick, to your point about the New York, New York book snub, 
Susan, or wait, music snob. I'm so sorry. The mm-hmm. New York, New York music snob, Susan Stroman also didn't get nominated for director. I was surprised about that. But she did get in for choreographer. It's, so. it, I don't know if I'm as surprised based on the reviews, but based on everything going up to it, I would have thought she would have been nominated. She's so loved. Mm-hmm. Let's see, what else do we have here? Oh, Meg noted that the collaboration and Prima Facey, as they were saying it this morning, didn't get in for best play either. And that's just because of those those Pulitzer play, those win, already Pulitzer winners that were slotted in as new. I think that was probably what happened there. Bummed about Prima Facci. I think it's Facey. Is it Facey? I've been that's saying Leah Facci. read. Well, whatever Leah said, I mean, <laughs> I just feel like Prima Facci or Facey, which I haven't seen yet, but what I know about it, it is covering such an important, timely topic. And when I'm thinking about the best of the year, I feel like you should be trying to award or at least recognize stories that are bold, really breaking through, really touching hearts, really reaching people in a way that has a fresh take. And from what I'm told, Prima Facci is about just that. It's about a story that reaches people in a new way and opens us up to discussions around a topic that is quote unquote taboo from before. So that honestly really bums me out about that omission. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Very much so agree. And I hear, and I'm heard, I heard that it's very beautifully done as well, which is even more important when recognizing an award because there can be shows about lots of different things that aren't good, but I heard it is very good. So that's sad. Yeah. An example being Jack and Little Pill that shoehorned a lot of storylines in, but ultimately probably shouldn't have gotten the best or wasn't the best book of the season, but due to the truncated season, it was, it was pretty much all we had. Period. Yeah. Um, Brandon was so glad for Betsy. We didn't think it was going to happen. I agree, Brandon. We are Betsy fans here at Drama. Let's see who else. Ooh, someone said they've never been to New York, but are very invested. Oh, I love that. And wish that Peter Pan Goes Wrong had some more love. I agree. I thought at least it would get in for scenic design because the play that goes wrong did as well. And I've heard it is absolutely hilarious. Kyle says that he thinks the best male actor in the musical category is the hardest to predict. Honestly, we're having trouble predicting it as well. And we didn't even really mention that Andrew Burnap was snubbed, did we? Oh, sad. I know. We love him. We had him on our list. Um, Hattie said the Bad Cinderella Twitter account had them dying after these nominations. I agree. Everyone should go check that out. Iconic. They really took it in stride. Martin, our dear friend, our West End Wendy, is a firm Bad Cinderella hater. But Carolee Carmelo is his queen, so he's torn on that. Yeah, some people really thought that, that Carolee or Grace McLean could get in for featured actress. I just think it was such a big category. So big. And if the show got better reviews, I think they would have had a better shot, for sure. I mean, yeah. Ali Mozzie and Kimberly Kimbo is sensational. Actually, one of my favorite performances in the show. But it's one of those things where, like, when you look at the list and you look at what people are walking away from a show remembering or what the buzz even becomes about, you often wonder, like, are these people like really voting who they think is the best or is it who is like top of mind at the end of the day? You know, like Bonnie Milligan was called out in like basically every single Kimberly Akimbo review about being this force of nature. So of course she's getting in. I feel like that's a really good point. I don't know. Like look at all the nominees and they're the bigger performances. Yeah. I don't know. That's so interesting. Look at you, Connor. Look at you. Like like Robin Herter in A Beautiful Noise. She was so amazing. We like did that, have some people writing in saying they could they were sad about Robin, and I oh, agree. I want to go back. I want to second act a beautiful noise yeah. and go watch <laughs> Barefoot Blue. Wait, what? <laughs> Forever. 
Barefoot Blue Jean Night is a different kind of song. Shout out to Lome. But um, yeah. yeah, Forever in Blue Jeans. And um, let's see what else do we have here. Oh, someone wrote in that they are shook that New York New York was nominated for Best Book, saying it was the weakest part of the show. Interesting. I think that it was one of those shows that just carried a lot of technical elements t- today in the nominations. Yeah. But I was pleased with the other books that were nominated. So I, I definitely don't think that it's going to win. I think that that's got uh, David Lindsay Abair written all over it. Despite what I've heard about Robert Horn's Hilarious Shucked and Matthew Lopez and Amber Ruffin's Sound Like It Hot. So, I mean, you know, I do love Andrew Liet. So I'm so happy that got nominated for Best Book. I agree. He's the, he's the, um, oh, the Shit's Creek, Creek, Creek writer. So I did have some issues with some of the dialogue in Andrew Liet. Well, but, I think but maybe that's so... just me. It's supposed to be corny, I think. I agree. But most of the time, it's brilliantly punny and amazing. You're um, so funny. Anyways. I have um, issues with play dialogue in general most of the time, so. (laughs) And you know who (laughs) parodies the best as friend of the pod, Tyler Joseph Ellis's TikToks. I I think if people take a shot every time they hear us say friend of the pod in this episode, they're they're gonna be drunk by lunchtime, which we welcome actually on the pod. Listen, these people have made us what we are. (laughs) And we are so grateful to those incredible talents that have lifted up the podcast and brought it to so many different ears. I love Um, that. Yeah. Okay. That's all I have to say on that. And um, I will say another um, shock for me was actually that um, no Oscar Isaac or Rachel Brosnahan for the sign in Sidney Bruzdine's window. I know. And and I want to chalk it up to like it entered the season like two days before nominations closed or whatever. But Dylan, it got a featured actress nomination. So what are people anti-hotness, aka anti-Oscar Isaac? Oh, no. He's so hot and talented. Oh, he talented, is so talented, hot. Poe po Dameron. He was also so good in Moon Knight, but I've, I heard he's phenomenal in this. Now, I was shocked to see K-pop get nominated for a bunch of things. Yes. A show that has, that like Ain't No Mo, closed early. Closed so quickly. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that to me is like, nominations are so random sometimes. Like, we talk about, oh, was Into the Woods too long ago that people don't remember, you know, so-and-so's sound design, <laughs> which Into the Woods should win sound design, by the way. Oh, my God. The way we heard every single lyric of that incredible, I mean, come on. K-pop ran for like two weeks. You saw it. I saw it. And then I'm like, wait, how are people deciding this? Like, they're really thinking back to like, I mean, the K-pop did have costumes. I mean, I'm not trying to like hate on it, but it's just so interesting about the mind of a nominator. Maybe we should do like a mini series on our Patreon where we interview nominators of the Tonys to see what they're really thinking when they go into this, because I yeah. don't get it. Not, not that I don't think K-pop deserves. I feel like I'm always disclaiming things. Whatever. And it's like, people get it. Yeah. It's tough that like hotness on a Broadway stage is recognized in some ways, but then not in others. I think that people really thought the piano lesson was going to carry more than it did. And it, it didn't, it didn't get Danielle Brooks in there. It didn't get Don David, uh, John David Washington. And it didn't get Latanya Richardson Jackson as director, so that was surprising in my opinion. And then nothing for the uh, the Thanksgiving play. So, and I think a lot of people thought that Darcy Carden would get in. She was amazing. Yeah. And then I the last surprise her. in my book was Patina Miller not getting any love as well, a past winner. But 
So One it goes. Those things. Every production do, of Into I, the Woods has had different nominees for different roles, which I think is kind of fun about it. That is history. fun. And I don't know if I do, said this already, but Melanie LeBerry, Melanie LeBerry, Melanie LeBerry, my absolute queen. I thought that she was the heart and soul of Anne Juliet. She, in my opinion, was what I walked away with care, like feeling, especially in intermission. I remember thinking, oh my God. And then she gets the pink song perfect in the second act. She is just the most lovely person. I know this is her Broadway debut. We had her on the podcast earlier this year. I can't wait to see what else she does because she is a gift. Oh, incredible. I know. It's a bummer. I know. It's such a bummer. When you talk about like double nominees in a category, it's like, I wish we could get her in there. Like we did like the two shocked and featured. Like, why not? Melanie, I had, a, I was like, okay, Lorna Courtney's in. We're getting some Angelia. I thought that too. I thought Stark I'm, is going to get in. That's Melanie, of course. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's tough, but so fun. I mean, gosh, this is an embarrassment of riches. Oh, totally. Everyone keeps saying it, but I agree. Broadway really feels like it's fully, fully back to what it was pre-pandemic. This isn't me dissing last season, which was also amazing. But this season, like, there are so many shows, like random shows. So, I'm, and last season was interrupted by Omicron, and it was oh, there yeah. was all the oh, there was always like COVID, so much COVID safety around everything. And I'm so glad we've reached a point in the pandemic where people are healthily able to attend and perform and work in and around theatrical spaces. I mean, and yeah, this episode is all about the Tonys, but some of my favorite stuff I've seen in the last year was not on Broadway. So we need to make sure we do episodes about that more often as well. Like so many things that I've seen, just in and around the New York area. Oh, yeah. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is Titanic, which I've seen twice when coming to New York. And we got to see Circle Jerk live last summer, which was an amazing addition to the Pride lineup. And Absolutely. I mean, Alex Edelman's Just For Us, which is going to Broadway, actually. So I guess I'm (laughs) not being whatever. I mean, and I know it was last May, so it feels like it was part of last season, which kind of was, but which way to the stage was unbelievable mm-hmm. i mean we we've got it so good there is amazing yeah. and exciting theater going on and i cannot wait for tony night though it's, oh it's gonna be I, great what do you what think you're gonna, gonna do happen? for the tonys i have to work okay okay that'll no, be fun I'm, i i love having a job but i do also just love kind of posting up on the couch with like yummy snacks maybe a little wine and just watching and tweeting and figuring out what pluto tv is oh <laughs> it's a free app, so it's going to be very easy for everybody to use, I, from what I understand. Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I yeah. hadn't had that before. I have had so much fun chatting today about all of this. I know. I am so excited. Thank you so much for breaking all these down for us. Everyone, if you love these episodes where it's just us, you've got to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash the drama podcast, where we bring you bonus episodes. We just did a Tony nomination series, but we also talk about pop culture at large. It's not just about theater on the Patreon, as it is in, in all of our regular episodes too, but we talk about what we're doing in our personal lives, what we've been seeing, what we're up to, what we're binge watching, um, all that fun, fun, fun stuff where it's just the twins talking. So it's like it's like untucked if you watch Drag Race. It's it's like the companion show to what all the fun that we have on the podcast. So Drama there's a plus. lot coming this summer. So stay tuned. Heck yeah. All right, Dylan, well, this was so fun. I agree. Um, happy Tony's season to everyone. Happy all the awards. And remember to go out and go see a Broadway show. Go see an off-Broadway show. Go see your local community theater. I know I'm going to go see a local production of The Wild Party soon. Connor, where should everyone find us? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah, definitely follow us at the Drama Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and follow the two of us 
It's just our names at Connor McDowell. Dylan's at Dylan McDowell. That's right. And Connor, we'll see you next time. Drama!